Welcome to the Tanakh Podcast. Today, Yeshayahu Perek Samach, Isaiah chapter 60. What will the Messianic era be like? When we get to Yomot HaMashiach, will the world be the same? The Rambam in uh, the 12th parak of Hilchot Malachim, the last chapter of Mishneh Torah, Maimonides says, Don't think that in the times of the Messiah, the world will change. There won't be any change in uh, creation or in the natural world. Um, Olam kemin hagonoheg, the world will be will be like normal. The only difference is that Jews will have sovereignty and all of that. Well, if you read our chapter, our exceptional chapter, this really beautiful chapter of Ishayahu, you will think differently, because this is a chapter which is almost in the realm of the uh, surreal. Um, the theme it begins and ends with uh, the notion of light. Listen to the first verse. Kumi ori kiva orech. Arise, shine bright, for your light has dawned. Uchvod Hashem alaych zarach. And the presence of God has shone upon you. Even though darkness covers the world and darkness covers other nations, because and God will shine upon you and his his honor will shine upon you. And all of the nations will go according to your light. And nations of the world, kings of the world will go um according to your radiance, your splendor, your illumination. And at the end of the chapter, Lo you won't need the sun during the day. You won't need the moon by night. God will be your light. God will be your splendor. You won't need the sun. You won't need the moon. God will be your uh, light. And maybe I'll I'll read one of the last, the penultimate verse. And all of your people, every last one, will be righteous. For all time, for eternity, they will inherit the land. I will be so proud of them. They will be the fruit, the, 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 I will plant them securely in their land. This is not a reality that follows the ordinary patterns of uh, of, of human nature and of the natural world. This is an exceptional chapter which describes the future times in, in, in genuinely idyllic terms. And in fact, this becomes the source for a sort of a concept of the Orha Ganuz, the hidden light. Some of you might remember this from a Rashi at the beginning of Breshit that um, God in the beginning makes the or and the choshech, and he has this or, but of course this this light which is created on the first day. Um, 
was then superseded by the sun and the moon on the fourth day. So what happened to that light? And the Gemara in Chagiga, which Rashi quotes, says, Amarabi Elazar, or Shebarah HaKadosh Baruch Hu Ashon, the light which God created on the first day of creation, Adam Tzofebo Misofa Olam It was It was a supernal light. It was a light with which a person could see from the beginning of the world till the end. However, when God looked forward in history and realized that humanity was going to destroy itself in the generation of the flood or the generation of the dispersion, and when he saw that human beings um, had the potential to sort of um, become corrupt, he hid the light. It is the hidden light, the Orhaganuz. As it says in Oram, he hid from the evil uh, his light. And for who did he keep this light? For the tzaddikim in the future world, as it says, kitov. And who are we talking about? The idea of um, exactly our chapter. The idea that this light, again, what, what's the idea here somehow? That in a world of sin, one cannot have a certain radiance of God. That there is a type of, there's a, the world of sin is a world in which we allow humanity to exist according to our sometimes broken or warped or weak human nature. But there will be a time in which God sits in the driving seat, in which humanity simply basks in the splendor of God. Uh, and, and therefore we have this concept that, which we see in our chapter, of this e exceptional light, light which comes up throughout history. And therefore we get the, you know, certain songs, or the, the, the Midrash, which some people might know from the, I think it's a Shweki song, or when the time that the, Messiah comes, he stands on the roof of the Beit HaMikdash, or made Al-Gag Beit HaMikdash, and tells to Am Yisrael, Anavim, you humble ones, Higiazman Gulatitchem, and if you don't believe me, Look at the light, the splendor, the, the splendid light, this pristine light, this supernal light, which is shining upon you. So now that we've said all of this, um, we can relate to some other things about the Psukim, where, for example, you will see a, a strong emphasis on the nations of the world, the Goyim, uh, looking Pasukim, nations will go according to your like, and uh, nations will bask in your, in your radiance. And later on, uh, we talk about all of the uh, nations coming, Chel Golim Lovolach, nations armies of nations will come to you to to support you to pay homage all of the nations come bearing from midian and they come bearing gold and incense and to herald hashem it's very clear by the way that in this chapter the beit mikdash is already um is already built because in pasuk zion it talks about Ya'alu al Raton Mizbachi Ovetifarti Afa'er. Um that they will bring offerings on my altar and they will add glory to my glorious house. And 
maybe let me say a word about this word le fa'er. Okay, le fa'er, um, beit tifarti afa'er, this notion of pe'er, of splendor, of something so gorgeous uh, in the next pasuk. Uli kadosh Israel ki pe'erach. God is your splendor at the end of the chapter. The notion of pe'er, splendor, luxury, is all over the uh, chapter as well as the homage of the nations. For example, in verse in verse ten, okay, what do we have here? We have uvanu the, the nation shall rebuild your walls. Their kings shall just serve you, wait upon you. For I struck you down in anger, but in favor I will take you back. Um, your gates will always be open. Day and night they shall never be shut. And why won't they be shut? Because what's going to come through them What's going to come through them is because you the wealth of nations or the will come with their kings in profession in procession because everybody's going to come and pay homage in Yerushalayim. So I think what you can see from this chapter is this this incredible sense of almost like a unnatural, supernatural world where God is phenomenally present. Throughout the chapter, we have um, statements about God's uh, status. Hashem olokayach olikadosh Yisrael ki peirach. Okay, everybody's going to come for the name of God and for the sanctified one of Israel because he is of splendor. Later on, the karulach ir Hashem, Zion, kadosh Yisrael. Later on, you will know that I am God, your Savior, and uh, this is, uh, the chapter ends with, even the smallest among them will be a thousand, and even the youngest will come, a phenomenal nation. We have the notion of um, the increase in the material wealth of the people. Instead of bronze, I will bring gold. Instead of the iron, I will bring silver. This notion of shalom and staka. So this is a mythic image of Yerushalayim. Um, when people talk, when people imagine. Yomot HaMashiach, the Messianic days, is almost surreal. I think they're drawing on the images of this beautiful chapter. This, by the way, is the Haftarah, the Kitavo, and it conjures up this almost dreamy-like image of uh, Jerusalem in a state of ultimate peace, in a state of uh, global recognition of Yerushalayim, the unity between God and Israel, um, wealth, peace, just everything that everybody could hope for. Is this the reality of the messianic days, or is this some sort of a dream of, of of some imagined messianic days, but not quite the reality? Well, you know, there are many discussions in our tradition which argue about that, but that is chapter 60.